Welcome to the Modern Media Mogul Show, where we bring you the stories and lessons of media giants, past and present, for your future. Today, we're going to learn from P.T. Barnum. Businesses, small and large, new and old, all have at least one thing in common, a desire for more traffic. More crowds to see their products, more ears to hear about their services, more feet to traverse their shop floor. This is a story over 100 years in the making. It comes to us from an industry long forgotten, but much needed today, the Curiosity Circus. Its greatest proponent was the greatest showman on earth. Whether you sell clean teeth or clean credit or marketing, every business must learn this principle for increasing traffic. We all can learn the showman's trick to conjuring crowds. And my name is Kirk Barbera. We at Real Elite, that's R-E-E-L, Elite, are publishing our first book, From Showbiz to Your Biz, using video to grow your offline business. And if you would like to be included in the, bu- in the book itself, go ahead and email us at reelelite at gmail.com. And maybe we will invite you onto the show talk to you about how you are building a media company, media department in your own business, and how you're using video, audio, and written form to grow your offline business. And a select few will be included in the book. And of course, we will include your business and, and contact information. Now to the story from showbiz to your biz, where we will be reading A Showman's Trick to Conjuring Crowds. What's with the brick? asked a man who wore, in the common style of 1901 New York, a loose tie that stopped at his navel. He looked at the bum who had just laid on the sidewalk a solitary brick. The bum had a few white wispy strands on his head, fingerless gloves, and the foulest jacket the man had ever seen or smelled. Most peculiar about this bum was how intent he was on this unusual and seemingly pointless task. The man got no answer. Moving slowly forward, the bum stood near a cross street in New York. Taking another brick, he bent down and carefully placed it on the ground. Unsatisfied with the positioning, he bent down again and carefully aligned it at an exact 90-degree angle to the street. Then he crossed the street. Five men walked up to the brick and stared down at it, and then they glanced up at the bum who had put it there. Without understanding their own reasons, they all chased after the bum. Why? they had all thought. Why on earth was he doing this? Say, mister, said another man, his blue-brimmed hat falling down from his head, what's with the brick? No answer. The bum was intent, his face serious. He put down another brick as he had done before, except rather than positioning the brick at 90 degrees to the street, he made it exactly parallel to it. And then he slowly walked ahead. After he put down the fifth brick, the bum seemed weary 
He looked up to see a big building with the words American Museum, Curiosity of the, of the World, captured by P.T. Barnum. Wiping a bead of sweat from his forehead, he moved up the stairway and into the museum. He grabbed a ticket from a man in a red jacket and then began to examine the curiosities. Again, without understanding their own reasons, they all chased after the bum. The questioners on the street who had followed the bum through his circuitous bricklaying route were now 20 in number. They followed him into the museum. They all bought tickets. Ten minutes later, the bum exited through the back door and made the same exact circuit, this time drawing an even larger crowd of curious onlookers. All, once again, followed the beggar into P.T. Barnum's Museum of Curiosities. This went on for several days, until the audience of onlookers grew so large a police officer informed the bum that he must desist immediately. But P.T. Barnum's museum was the talk of the town. Thousands had entered and become converts, thus spreading the word for the great showman. When the bum had approached Barnum several days earlier, he was looking for a handout. Instead, he got a job. He was asked to walk a circuitous route, carrying at least two bricks at a time. Then, at a specific point, he was to carefully lay down a brick. Never answer questions, he was told, and never acknowledge anyone. His job was simply to place the bricks and make it seem as important as heart surgery. Curious about Barnum, when the bum went to collect his check, he inquired where Mr. Barnum had come up with the idea for the brick. In his loud, booming voice that would one day become famous, he said, Ah, I learned that one from a lynch mob. The bum begged for more. And what did you learn? At the start of my career, I worked for a grand conjurer of words and crowds, Aaron Turner. He owned a circus. On my first show in Annapolis, Maryland, I was walking on a cloud. So excited with anticipation was I. Then, out of nowhere, a woman hurled a piece of lettuce right at my brand new suit. Barnum paused for effect, and his face turned red as if the injustice had happened merely seconds earlier. Ma'am, said I, what is the meaning of this? She was about to spit on me, so I made quick my escape. But she followed me. Then a man big as a mountain took up the beat beside her. Bastard, they said. Heathen! Devil! Then more men and women started following, started following, and more and more. Eventually, a mob surrounded me and called for a lynching. They called me a murderer. You, Ephraim K. Avery, are going to hell one woman screamed. You see, Ephraim was a notorious murderer who had just been acquitted by a jury, but everyone knew that he was guilty. Ephraim, asked I of the crowd, oh, no, 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 you have me mistaken. I'm Mr. Barnum. We don't believe you, they said. At this point, they brought out the rope. 
I begged them, please, I said, let me prove it. Take me to Mr. Turner at the circus. I work for him. Please, don't hang an innocent man. And so they took me to Mr. Turner. He cleared up everything and apologized. The whole thing had gone too far, he said. It was meant only to be a practical joke. The crowd dispersed. But I was furious, as I'm sure you can imagine. Before I could speak, though, Mr. Turner said, My dear Mr. Barnum, it was all for our own good. All we need in order to ensure success is notoriety. And boy, was he right. The practical joke was the talk of the town, and so was the circus associated with it. We sold out for every show for the two weeks we were in town. Barnum pulled out a small wad of cash and paid the bum, and without another word, walked away. P.T. Barnum was the greatest showman in America, because he always learned the golden rule of show business. Every crowd has a silver lining. The quality of the crowd is irrelevant because what is the number one rule of show business? Every crowd has a silver lining. Upon entering a new curiosity museum, upon opening one, for instance, he would announce free music to the millions and place a band on the opposite balcony to his museum. But he would hire the worst musicians he could find. People flocked to the free music and bought tickets to his museum in order to escape the atrocious screeching. All his life, Barnum would apply the lesson he learned from Turner. He learned to court attention at all costs. Even negative attention would suffice, so long as they came. Now, from circus to circuit, applying this to your business. P.T. Barnum was known as a huckster, even in his own time. Whenever he would show a new curiosity, such as a mermaid, men would come from all over just to prove Barnum a fraud. Hordes of men and women would come to investigate the supposed fishwoman creature, and then they would go home and tell their family and friends that you could see the stitching on the fins. Of course, the family and friends could not take the man's word for it, so they went to go see for themselves. Some would agree that you indeed could see the stitching, and some would disagree. Some would go on for months, and this would go on for months or even years. All the while, Barnum was selling tickets. The trick here is obvious. Barnum grew quite the reputation. Yet even dentists and entrepreneurs of all types can learn something valuable from Barnum. It may behoove one, however, to learn from Barnum, but not to trick your customers as he did. That is, unless you want the trick to be on you in the end. What you can learn from Barnum is the value of consistently bringing in crowds of people to engage with your brand. You know, as Barnum knew, every crowd has a silver lining. Whether or not your business is show business, it is in your vested interest to stay top of mind with your customers and with prospects. Barnum may have been a magician, but you can steal a bit of his magic. The brick trick is an old one that is easily translated into the 21st century. Think of it this way. Think think of social media channels like Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, as the city streets in the story that I just told to you, and the bricks as your social media posts. Hopefully, your posts have more substance than a brick, although I would say most don't, unfortunately. But the same principle applies. Barnum had a bum lay down bricks in order to pique people's curiosity enough to follow the bum. Now, whether you are the one who places the bricks or you choose someone on your team to do so, the goal is to keep making the rounds and draw more and more of a crowd each time. Now, here are a few real-life studies of people doing just that. Hillary Romero is a realtor in San Antonio, and despite enjoying her privacy, has embraced social media as a way to expand her circle of influence. Rather than being flashy and outrageous with videos, she simply posts short videos giving little tips and tricks to both buyers and sellers of homes. Some of these videos are seen by many people, some by a very few. Like the bricks in Barnum's story, they all get people talking and thinking about Hillary, the realtor. The success she is seeing does not come from posting a video only to immediately sell a $450,000 home. Instead, she occasionally receives referrals from people she knows in her little Facebook community. As all realtors know, a home buyer or seller may not be ready to move the moment you meet them. It is critical for realtors to be top of mind the minute a potential client is ready to move. Videos and posting on Facebook are the bricks Hillary uses to pique people's interest. She may not accrue a humongous following, but she continues to build the list she needs for growth. Now, everyone in sales has heard of the idea that a prospect is likely to say no at least five times before they say yes. They have also likely heard the similar concept that a prospect needs to be touched five times before he or she is ready to buy. No one is quite certain as to the number of no's or the amount of touches that is actually required to persuade a particular person. This is the art of sales and marketing. Sally may say no 20 times and Joyce may say no only twice before being persuaded. Rick may need to see your product, a touch, 15 times, but his friend Luke buys sight on scene. Social media is no different. At Real Elite, we call this the staircase of sales. Quantity of views is less important than quality of viewers. Let me repeat that. Quantity of views is less important than quality of viewers. Meaning, if your videos are seen by only five people, but they are the right five people, that is superior to five million of the wrong viewer. Yet even the right five viewers may not be ready to buy in the immediate moment they see a video. Luke may be a sight-unseen buyer, but if he sees your video while at dinner with a girl and she distracts him from his phone, then you've lost that particular moment. 
Thus, we have the concept at Real Elite of the staircase of sales. Take a real-life example from Hillary Romero's real estate company, Home Sweet San Antonio. Hillary posts a video every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. A potential prospect, let's call her Tiffany, does not even see Hillary's first four videos. Tiffany and Hillary have not yet met to discuss selling a home. Tiffany does see Hillary's fifth video, though. But she is still not ready to sell her house. Hillary keeps on posting every Thursday. Tiffany misses the next two videos, but she then sees two videos in a row later. And now, four months later, Tiffany is thinking about moving into a new home. Guess who she contacts first? The person who was top of mind in the moment Tiffany was ready to sell and the realtor who had touched her with the most views of videos. Here's a simple formula for success if you're getting your foot wet in the media mogul world. The most important question any business, big or small, should ask is, what is the ROI? What is the return on investment? If I put $100 in, I want to make sure I at least make $101. Hopefully, $200, $300, or more. This is a very legitimate and challenging question. For one, despite the fact that many people are making millions of dollars through social media channels, your business may not have made a single dime. Therefore, it is critical to be objective. And social media should be thought of as no different than any marketing strategy with future potential. And when dealing with the future, it is absolutely critical to remember that a potential is not an actual. You know, you can potentially make a million dollars by playing the lotto, doesn't mean you actually will achieve that goal. Now, having said that, here's a simple formula we use to help people new to video on social media take in all the relevant factors with a minimal risk. The formula is average gross profit from a new customer minus expenses divided by 50 equals your video spending cap for a quarter. So let me give an example. Let's say Hillary averages $6,000 on a commission after expenses. She would divide that number in half and that would be her spending cap. So $3,000 for video production and distribution. Another way of thinking about this is to ask the following question. How much is a new client worth to you? If you profit $3,000, then that is the minimum a new client would be worth. Obviously, we know that a new client is actually much worth much more because a new client expands your overall network. Now you have access to their list and their friends and their family. However, for the purpose of the formula, we suggest sticking with that number. So that has been from show business to your business, conjuring crowds like P.T. Barnum. If you have any questions or comments, email us at realelite, that's R-E-E-L, elite, at gmail.com, or please interact with us on Facebook. We, myself, Kirk Barbera, and my business partner, Marco Romero, are very active on Facebook. We think of it as a networking party that you can go to anytime you want. So come join us on the networking party. You can go to at R-E-E-L, elite, 
on Facebook or you know, facebook.com backslash real elite. And again, if you'd like to be included in the book or at least have a chance to be included in the book, please go ahead and email us and we'll talk about setting up a time to be on the show where you and I can talk about how you are currently using video, audio, and written content to grow your offline business. Thank you, and I'll see you next time. Okay.